0: This is a Squiz podcast, where your shortcut to being informed. Hello and welcome to our Squiz the Election series, your shortcut to the 2022 federal election. When it comes to federal elections, Queensland is coalition country. But this time around, one of the big questions that's in focus is whether voters will take another turn around the parliamentary dance floor with the federal, liberal, and national parties with the same degree of enthusiasm as they have in the past. So let's take a look. I'm Larissa Moore. And
1: I'm Claire Kimball.
0: Claire, when we say that Queensland is coalition country at the federal level, we really mean it. At eight of the nine elections since 1996, the coalition slash LNP has won 19 or more Queensland seats, which is
1: more than double Labor's representation. That's right. So there's 30 seats in Queensland and the coalition has a firm grip on at least two thirds of them and has done for the last 25 years or so. Uh, There's one exception to note, and that is the defeat of the Howard government in 2007. Labor won 15 of Queensland's then 29 seats. I've got a small feeling that might
0: have something to do with a Queenslander who was running for prime minister.
1: Yep. His name was Kevin (laughs) Rudd. Uh, He became just the second Queenslander to be elected prime minister, as he famously said when he became leader of the Labor Party. My name is Kevin. I'm from Queensland and I'm here Mm -hmm. to help. And his Mm -hmm. home state really showed up to support him.
0: Even then, he was only able to get half of the seats in Queensland, and at the next election under Julia Gillard, eight of the now 30 Queensland seats went back to the coalition. So Claire, let's just also explain why the 1996 date is important when we look at how Queensland votes.
1: It was when John Howard first swept to power and Queensland really dug him. Howard is at the core of the sort of political flavour change in how Queenslanders show up at the federal election. And that's benefited coalition hopefuls led by Tony Abbott, Malcolm Turnbull and Scott Morrison. Uh, And it's in contrast to what happens at the state government level where Labor is dominant. In fact, it has governed the state for 28 of the last 33 years. Which is a sign that voters are pretty savvy,
0: they make clear distinctions between state and federal issues, and they don't just slavishly follow just one of the major parties. Before we dive into the seats to
1: watch in this election,
0: what are the experts saying about Queensland as a state in this election?
1: So the rule of thumb in Queensland at the federal election is that the coalition comes in at about three percentage points higher there than the rest of the country. So that's the standard. If it's a non-standard election, what does that look like? So, in recent times, it looks like Labor uh, getting a national message wrong as far as Queenslanders are concerned, and that gap can then widen. Uh, In fact, it went out to 9% in the coalition's favour in 2019.
0: So, if we take a look at what Labor's message that Queenslanders didn't like last time, I have a feeling it has something to do with mining.
1: Yeah, your memory's right there. So, Bob Brown, he's a former leader of the Greens. He sent an anti-Adani mining convoy into Queensland, and that made things really awkward for the then Labor leader, Bill Shorten. He was trying to reassure Queenslanders that he backed jobs in the huge mining industry there, uh, while also at the same time talking up his commitment uh, to climate action across the rest of the country. And Shorten also proposed reforms to retirement incomes. That weren't really welcomed by Queensland's big retiree population either.
0: Yeah, those were two big factors for sure. But we come to 2022, it's a whole new race. So let's get into what to watch for. <music> Going into this election, as we said, there are 30 seats in the state. The coalition holds 23, Labor holds six, and Bob Catter has an iron grip on his seat in far north Queensland. Claire, before we break it down, though, we should note that the coalition is known as the Liberal National Party in Queensland, the LNP.
1: Yeah, the Liberals and the Nationals are a merged party there, but when it comes to how they show up in Canberra, some are more aligned to the Liberals, like Peter Dutton, and some are more aligned to the Nationals, like David Littleproud. So they attend their meetings and vote for their leaders and are accounted for as members of those parties uh, when there's a breakup of those senior roles. Roger that.
0: When it comes to this election, the coalition really needs to hang on to the seats that they have, just like we talked about with Western Australia earlier in the week, where the coalition also dominates. If they don't at least hold the seats they have in these favourable states, they'll need to pick them up in states that aren't as friendly.
1: That's a bit of a problem. Yeah, so it's high pressure for the LNP, but it's also high pressure for Labor, because if it's to win the election and win government, then Queensland is a crucial state where it needs to at least break even and preferably take some seats off the LNP. So where is Labor targeting? Where are they in the hunt and in with a chance? Longman is one that's getting some attention. It's been a swinging seat in past elections. It takes in Bribey Island and the commuter belt of Caboolture and Morayfield and Burpengarry, and it goes out to the country hinterland as well. Uh, Cost of living is a big issue there. There's a lot of mortgage holders as well, so young families who have moved out of Brisbane to find more affordable homes. Uh, There's also a large retiree population.
0: Longman is held on a narrow 3.3% margin by the LNP's Terry Young. He won the seat from Labor's Susan Lamb in 2019. Claire, analysts are saying that preferences will play a large role in this election.
1: So, a key player in this seat is One Nation. It received 13% of the first preference votes at the last election, which is about three times One Nation's national average. So, in this tight race, it's definitely a factor to watch.
0: Pauline Hanson is a Queenslander, of course, as is Clive Palmer from the United Australia Party. Remember, he was a member of the House of Reps for the neighbouring seat of Fairfax, winning that in 2013. So, there's lots of eyes on the
1: influence of those two on seats like Longman. Yeah, there sure is. So bookmark Longman to check in on that showdown mm-hmm. on election night. Uh, another seat the coalition is putting a lot of effort into holding is Leichhardt. It's in far north Queensland. It's based in Cairns. And the local MP is the enigmatic Warren Ench. He's a former crocodile farmer. He's been in federal parliament on and off for a very long time. And he's a moderate who has been really influential in his support for things like same-sex marriage.
0: And he says that this election is very different to any other that he's fought. Now, Cairns is a tourism haven and it was smashed by the pandemic. So keep an eye on that for a potential COVID affected result. Claire, also in regional Queensland, Flynn is shaping up to be an interesting race.
1: Yeah, Flynn is based around Gladstone, uh, and it goes into some of the really big farming and mining communities. The sitting LNP member is Ken O'Dowd. He's retiring, and his 8.7% margin is courtesy of that big anti-Labour swing in 2019, so it's expected to come down. Uh, The new LNP candidate is Colin Boyce. He was the local state member. Uh, Labor's candidate is Matt Burnett, and he's a high-profile guy in that area, as the former mayor of Gladstone.
0: Labor has put a lot of effort into Flynn and it will be a real boil over if they do win there. Let's now take a look at Brizzy. What are we looking out for there?
1: Keep an eye on Griffith. So that's Kevin Rudd's old seat. Labor's Terry Butler holds it by 2.9%. But the Greens candidate, Max Chandler-Matha, is having a real crack, as is the LNP's Olivia Roberts. Those three candidates ran last time, so they'll be very familiar to the voters of Griffith. And Lily is also a seat that the LNP is hopeful of picking up uh, from Labor's Annika Wells because it's Labor's second most marginal seat in the country, uh, on 0.6%. At least it was hopeful of picking it up until its candidate, Vivian Lobo, told the Australian Electoral Commission that he was living somewhere in the electorate when he actually wasn't, and that's been referred to the federal police.
0: Not really what you need two weeks out from the federal election if you're the LNP, but Labor
1: is going hard on it.
0: OK, I think we've unpacked why Queensland is a state to watch yet again.
1: Yeah, it's super influential in the federal election scene. And if you're a coalition leader, you really don't want to see support drop on your watch. Mm. It's just not a line in your biography that you want to see.
0: But it is a state where you can be a Labor hero if you do pick up seats. Thanks for listening to this episode of Squiz the Election. If you have any questions about what we've covered today or anything else, send them through to hello at the squiz.com.au and, of course, we will have a go at answering them on our Saturday podcast, Ask the Squiz. That's all for now. Until next time. This week, our podcast is brought to you by Aware Superb.